1: This is Terrio Media.
0: Don't wait for appreciation to buy real estate. Buy for cash flow and wait. In other words, hold that house. Your hosts, Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Got a little air guitar going on here in the studio. Some serious air guitar going on. That's right. Flipping houses, they it can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy, however. This is the Hold That House show. I am Matt Terrio, and over there is Matt Andrews. What up, what up? And before we begin, we've got a free gift for you, just for you, especially for you. Go to HoldThatHouse.com and download the 4-Hour Work Month, the 10 Commandments to Managing Property Managers. Really, it's the key ingredient to financial independence through real estate that... No one is going to tell you about. Um, not until it's too late, at least. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you should have asked me. Don't you Whoops. hear when people say that? Whoops. <laughs> exactly. Oh, why didn't you call me? I could have. Uh, whatever. And you can get that for free at holdthathouse.com. All righty. So today we're talking about, uh, you know.
0: Um, How you should do everything on your own. That's right. The, Don't let the leave. fast pass to success is to try to do everything. Yeah. Write that down. Stay small. Keep it all. And right. hopefully you can hear <laughs> that. We're dripping with sarcasm as we say this, because that's not true at all. Tell them, tell them what we're actually talking about. We're going to huh? be talking about assembling your elite
1: team. Cause,
0: Cause that's what it takes.
1: It's exactly what it takes. Talk to any successful entrepreneur. And you know, we're, this is a real estate show to talk to any successful real estate investor. And, uh, You know, as as successful as they may appear on the outside, they did not do it themselves. Absolutely. They have a team behind them that makes them look really,
0: really good. Absolutely. And that's the great thing about real estate investing and the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're not limited by what you are good at. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not limited by your skills or by your strengths. You're limited only by what you can go out and find and Mm -hmm. the team members that you can bring in to work with you. And for me, that's really, really good. And like, like you guys have heard on other podcasts and, and me, Matt Andrews and Matt Terry, you've heard the things we messed up when we first started in real estate. A lot of it had to do with not setting up the right team.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, thinking that you can't afford it. Right. right. Or you don't have the time to do it. And in hindsight, you look at like, gosh, I, I needed to make the time or I needed to. to figure can't afford not to exactly. Yep. Thank you for filling that in because I was at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I wanted to say, but uh, much more poetic, Maddie. Um Okay. So number team member, number one, what do we have on there? The first two I want to talk about is, and I want to preface these with, there are really only two places in real estate where you can lose your shirt where you can lose a lot of money and I mean if you get these two things knocked out it's pretty tough to mess this whole real estate thing up hmm. and that number one is a contractor you gotta uh, you, they can be worth their weight in gold and they can take all your gold
0: they can be your worst enemy or your best friend exactly yeah, absolutely exactly. and number, that is key right absolutely. absolutely key you've got to, if, if you're going to be fixing up properties the right way that'll be marketable rentals and you're going to be holding them Uh, you got to have someone that knows what they're doing. And even if you can do that type of thing, can you do it three houses at a time? Right. No, you can't. You need to have people that can, you know, uh, help create exponential growth for you. And the contractor is really one of the first people you got to have on the team. Absolutely. And that number two person, you need to get
1: this person figured out, too, or else you just shouldn't even play this game. And that's property management. Oh, absolutely. Contractor property management, if you get those two guys in place, or women, uh, they, that, it's really difficult to lose money in real estate. Yeah, It really all of a sudden makes this, you know, um society thinks this is a very risky business. And that's where all your risk is, are in those two team members.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You hire the wrong person to manage your asset for you, then they're going to kill that asset. Exactly. And they're going to kill your cash flow. And those checks are not going to be what they should be, or they may not be there at all. Because... Mm-hmm the rental's not full. Right. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Those are two key team members you got to have right up front for sure.
1: For sure. And and that's not to scare you. It's just to express to you how important it is and how much caution you should take in selecting those team two team members. And it should actually be good news because if you find two good ones or when you find two good ones, boy, it's, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but it is rather smooth sailing if those two pieces are in place.
0: Absolutely. And we've had so many people Um, You know, even even though we've only done a few episodes, we've already had so much great feedback from people saying, you know, thank you for the Ten Commandments of how you work, how you train property managers, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were doing it wrong and realized they were leaving money on the table every single month. Right. You know, and it's just it's you know, it's not rocket science, but they're also not completely intuitive things either. So. Um, You know, I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. For those of you that don't have it, you know, go to our website and get it because that is a valuable tool. That's why we give it to you guys because the property manager piece is so vital to your success as a real estate investor, Mm -hmm. uh, especially as a buy and hold long-term cash flow real estate investor.
1: Absolutely. HoldThatHouse.com. Next one.
0: Kind of a necessary evil
1: (laughs) just because I was formerly one and uh, don't have a whole lot of love for them. (laughs) At least most of them. Uh, and of course, if this is you, I'm not talking to you, uh, realtors and agents and brokers,
0: you just defended, I know I just so much of the audience, probably 75% (laughs) of the audience,
1: but, uh, and, and what the, what I, the, the real, I guess the mindset behind those comments that I just made is that most realtors, agents and brokers are very consumer related. They're there to help the consumer. They're there to help, you know, Joe and Betty homeowner to find their first home. And they know really only of one way to do it. There are two ways to do it. You better have all cash or you better get pre-qualified with my lender. And we know as investors, if that, if we were limited to that box, there's very little real estate that we could actually do.
0: No, that's true. And,
1: uh, very true. If you find a good realtor and they are investor friendly and preferably when you're looking for one to uh, um, find one that invests themselves, now they can be an extremely valuable member
0: of your team. And those are, I like Absolutely. And that's what I always look for. I'm glad you mentioned that. Whenever I work with a realtor for any transaction, it makes it so much easier if I find and can work with one that owns some property themselves mm-hmm. or maybe is even, you know, maybe they're not even buying hold investors, but maybe they've done some flips or some wholesale deals right. or something like that. It just, uh, it cuts down your time to train that realtor on how you, yep. you know, how you complete an investment deal. Right. Yep.
1: And you can almost say that across the board for all of your team members. Yeah. If they invest, that's a big plus. Impl- that's a big plus. Sure.
0: If your property manager is an investor uh-huh. and has an ownership type mentality, right. that's huge, right? Totally. Gigantic. And there are property managers that don't own properties. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of them. Sure. Believe well, and, it or not. and tons of realtors that have never actually done an investment deal, yeah. but yet still say. There's tons of real, real, real realtors that don't have never even bought their own
1: home. It's true. Which is a little scary as well. There's a lot of realtors that have never sold a property. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> national average is 1.2 a year or something I think like that. So, yeah, yeah. Average licensee. That's usually to a family member. Right. Right, let's, <laughs> let's get off the realtors. Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next is a closing agent. Uh, very important. Key. Yes. Key. Um, you know, this is a, uh, it's a state, real estate is a state governed and a federally governed practice and you need a third-party closing agent to make sure that you do that correctly. Absolutely, and
0: absolutely. And some and a title company or a closing agent that doesn't understand investment uh, can make things a lot harder. That's true. You know, just, just this past week, um, I was closing a couple deals in a market. You know, I live in Florida. I was closing a couple deals in Ohio, and I was working with a new title company I hadn't worked with. We were buying them from the bank, so the bank said we had to use this title company, mm-hmm. right? And that bank had just never done you know, an investment deal before Mm -hmm. and I'll I'll spare you all the details, but they basically said, Oh, you can't do that. Right. It's illegal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You hear that frequently. Yeah, You can't uh, just, that can't be done. I'm like, that can't be done. And they're like, no, it it can't be done. I did it a hundred times last year. (laughs) I know I did it here in this County, in this market. Actually, we've done this multiple times. Oh no, that, that, that can't be done. Okay. So the next title company I went to, after I told the bank we had to fire them because I can't close with them, Mm -hmm. the bank said, okay, we'll choose one other title company and then if it's okay with us, we'll use it. The next one I went to was a title company that worked with a ton of investors in the area that Mm -hmm. I knew would know how to do it. It took them 30 seconds to look at it and say, yeah, absolutely, we can do it. I don't know why they would have said they can't do it. So many times when you get a closing agent or a title company or whoever you're using to close your transactions and they say, you can't do that, What they're really telling you a lot of times is, I don't understand that. Right. I don't know how to do that. And they're just too proud, maybe, to tell you, I don't know how to do that. And so they just say... You can't, do that. you can't do that or it's illegal or whatever right. it is, you know? Right. And, and, uh, so that's really, really key guys. And you'll get that answer a lot with a lot of professionals that don't know how to do something. They'll mm-hmm. tell you, you can't do it when really what they mean is I don't know how, right? right. That's not the right answer.
1: <laughs> I learned that lesson when I was a kid, actually my, uh, I, I, and I've been ever since then, I've just questioned everything. Every time I hear somebody, particularly a professional, a service provider says they, they can't do something. Do you remember on TV? Do you remember that? No, oh, I don't remember it, that. It was like like the big subscription service before HBO. Oh, wait. I think I do remember that. It was on TV. And yeah. then at Select TV, I think was the other one. Those okay. were like the two competitors. And it was all done through a satellite dish. And our next door neighbor was like the first person on the block to get on TV. And they had a satellite dish on it. And we were these were townhomes. So there was a connecting building. It was the same building. And the TV guy came out and he went up to the room and says, sorry, you can't get service here. It was like, wait a minute, the house next door, this, our satellite dish will only be about six feet away from theirs. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, could you put it on top of their house? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, uh, by the end of the day we had on TV just because my dad, I sat there and watched my dad question. He said, basically told him he was full of crap and he said, no, put it up there. (laughs) No, it It, can be
0: done. Do it. Don't be so
1: damn lazy. Right. And just do it. Yeah. Right. So, Okay. Boy, we went way off, didn't we? We did. But that's <laughs> but
0: that's a great lesson, though. Yeah, I mean, guys, thought about that understand, because especially a lot of new real estate investors, whether you're dealing with realtors or title companies or whatever it is, they get an answer, and they think that's the answer. Right. Most of the time, that first answer is not the answer. Mm -mm. You know, you get that first quote to get your, you know, to get a roof redone. That many times is not the first answer you want either. What do you do? You go get a second and a third answer until you get the answer that you like, the right answer. Then you move forward. So that's, I mean, just conceptually, that's a a big lesson. Right. uh, No matter what phase of the game that you're at right now. So uh, obviously a vital team member. Who else we got? Um, So we did closing
1: agent. And when we talk about closing agent, it depends what state you live in. That could be an attorney, could be an escrow officer, or it could be a title officer. Right. Okay, so um, if you don't know who it is in your state or how that works, go to a RIA club and ask a fellow investor how it works. Uh, next would be a CPA or, and a bookkeeper and or sometimes they're two different people. Sometimes they can be the same person. But um, I, th- you know, based on uh, reaching off of last week's episode, I wish this was the f- very first person I, I had put added yeah. to my team. Because it really turned out to be a very painful and expensive lesson like a year or so down the road when I
0: had to untangle a bunch of stuff. Sure. Especially when you start making really good money and your rentals are performing really yeah. well. That's when it can become a really big problem when you when you don't have the right advice there.
1: Absolutely. So there you go. And then uh, another one is a, a source of deals. And specifically, we're kind of talking about when it comes to team members, bird dogs and wholesalers. So, bird dogs are re- referral sources. For example, uh, our, one of our guys in Memphis, he works for the city. And he has the job of going around and boarding up all the condemned homes. So, he gets a little notice. This house has been condemned. Go board it up. Nice. That's a great bird dog. That's a great source. Um, and, and there's a bunch of different people in different areas. Maybe the, the county clerk. Uh, uh, yeah, the county clerk.
0: County clerk the lady yeah. at the
1: clerk office. Sure. Or it could be a divorce attorney, a bankruptcy attorney. Could be a attorney. mailman. Could be a mailman. drives
0: by the right. same homes all the time and sees right. they're vacant, you know? So anybody could be a referral source that would bring a deal. So whether it's a wholesaler that's another investor that does that actively all the mm-hmm. time or whether it's just somebody who's in the right position, like one of those city city clerks or something like that, um, you need those people to bring those deals to you. That's how you find the exclusive deals sure. a lot of times, too, that aren't Absolutely. on the MLS and are kind of off-market type deals.
1: Mm-hmm. And then kind of like you think the, the big difference between a bird dog and a wholesaler other than the price that you pay them because it's pretty, can be pretty significant. Yeah. It's really a bird dog gives you a tip right. and a wholesaler assigns you a contract. Exactly. So that they just, the wholesaler just took the extra step and put the property under
0: contract. Right. One is saying, Hey, you might want to go check that out. The other one's saying, Hey, I got this thing on a silver platter for you.
1: Right. Right. There you go. Yep. Love it. Next, you need money sources, lenders. Um, and there's different types of lenders as private lender, conventional lender, uh, hard money lender. Um, the back alley lender. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I was just seeing a some, different type of private lender, yes. <laughs> right. I was just seeing something when the mob loans you money and you don't pay them back, all they do is break your legs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the conventional lender will go ahead and crush your credit score, take your
0: house and push
1: you out on the street. And exactly. sometimes that broken leg sounds a little like a better option.
0: Right. Right? Yeah. Don't borrow money from somebody who has it in a briefcase in cash and has it connected to their wrist with a handcuff. Right. You know, that's, that's going to be a, a sign of something right there. <laughs> For sure. But definitely you need lenders. And the, and the biggest piece of lending as real estate investors is that gives us scalability, mm-hmm. right? So if we're just working with cash, we're just working with our own funds and we've got $50,000, you buy one fifty dollars cash flow property. That's great. You're you own a free and clear property, but you're done. Mm-hmm. Right? So until you leverage that property with a lender or until you go in uh, with front-end lending, you can't leverage, you can't scale up. Right. And the idea to buy and hold real estate is to get a lot of it. Right. Right? Because we right. don't want just a little cash flow. Right. We want uh, a lot of cash, lot flow. Of cash flow. So sure. scaling up, you're not going to do it without lending in, in some sort. So it's got to be one of these. And these are all for different uh, situations and, you know, different types of deals. Hard money lending, obviously, is a different type of lending for specific types of deals. But one way or another, you got to have lending to get scalability.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. And, you know, and kind of based a little spin off of our our introduction, you know, you can get rich using your money, but you get wealthy using other people's money. Absolutely. So a lender is a very vital, important if if wealth is your goal. Sure. OK,
0: because sure. We don't have to be wealthy No, if you just want a hobby or something like that, then right. it, this is you don't need one. That's right. Perfect. You don't need a lender. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK. And then uh, you mentioned something about banker. What did you mean by that? Yeah. What's the distinction um, there between banker and lender?
0: Well, just just a good relationship with whoever you bank with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I say banker, you kind of think about walking into a bank and talking to the president of the bank. I just mean having a good relationship with whoever you're doing, you know, you're, you're banking with. So right. when you need to close transactions, especially you and I, Matt, when mm-hmm. we're buying properties out of state, mm-hmm. you know, Uh, And we want to wire money and we want to take money in and we need to sometimes we need to move money from one account to another. It's really important for us to have a relationship where if we had to, most of the time we can just make a wire online and it's pretty easy to do wire transfers. But every once in a while. We'll we'll have some kind of deal that's kind of weird or kind of funky or something will get hung up somewhere and money needs to be somewhere right away. We need to be able to pick up that phone and talk to somebody you have a relationship with, whether Mm -hmm. that is a local banker or whether you've just established, you know, a team member at Bank of America or some giant bank somewhere that you can call to get something done. Um, You need that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if sometimes, especially when you're acquiring distressed property, if you don't have that money there at the right time, sometimes that deal has a way of going away and going to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. And if that's because a wire didn't go through when it was supposed to, right. and you couldn't pick up the phone and, and talk to somebody to get it solved, right. um, that's on you. You, know, you didn't have that relationship, so you lost that deal. Right. So really important to have you know, good channels with those people that, that control the flow of money for you. Super. I agree. Just a sec. 30 seconds, actually, while we chip away at the rent. We'll be right back. If waiting for your investments to grow feels like waiting for paint to dry, there's a powerful secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know. You can accelerate your investments' growth by two, three, or even four times. That's bad news for Wall Street, but great news for you. We're Turnkey Allies, and we'd like to offer you free information that will show you how to take control of your investments and double, triple, or even quadruple their returns, and it's yours for free. For the secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know, go to turnkeyallies.com.
1: That's turnkeyallies.com. One that's, I think, is tragically underrated is other investors in your network. Absolutely. Um, A lot of people in the beginning see other investors as competition. Right. And the more business you do, you see it as, you know, a very powerful cooperation. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, for example, my first multifamily came from another investor who had three multifamilies under contract, but he only had enough money to close on two. So he wholesaled me the third and that opened yeah. up my, a whole new market for me. And it's been very successful ever since. And if I didn't have that one relationship with a fellow investor, you know, I, my turnkey operation may look very differently than it does. Sure. Today. And Absolutely. I don't know if it'd be better or worse, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I have an operation because of that, that one little connection. And I've got multiple stories of other investors ever since we yeah. talked a little bit about uh, one of my students. You know, he yeah. opened up the St. Louis market for us, and he became the primary source of of properties for us.
0: You grew your own, absolutely, yeah, that's and, awesome. and
1: through him, we've met a bunch of other investor friends in St. Louis, and now we've got multiple sources of off market deals there. And and uh, yeah, fellow investors. You just
0: investors. don't know what. I mean, the bottom line is you don't know what doors another investor is going to open for you. Right. right? So, I mean, it could be somebody right in your same area in the same type of business and they're doing buy and hold real estate too. It could be somebody who just does a lot of wholesaling or a lot of turnkey providing, you know, like you do a lot of with, Mm -hmm. with a lot of your buyers and, um, you know, whatever, whatever they do, that investor is a window into more opportunities, more possibilities. Mm -hmm. And for me, Uh, Especially when I was starting out, I was really good at finding buyers who wanted to buy properties, cash, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't as good at finding the properties, right? So I focused more on finding buyers. But what I was able to do was go to other wholesalers in my market of Tampa, Florida, which there were a couple at the time that were really good and always had good properties. I could always find buyers bring them to that other wholesaler and do Mm -hmm. what we call a co-wholesale deal. Sure. Right. And those were the properties that a lot of those properties turned into some of my first rentals, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was able to put things together and and make some money there. And those turned into, I rolled those profits into rentals. So that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have bought my first few properties had I not done some co-wholesale deals. And I wouldn't have done that if I looked at those other investors as competition. Right. You know, so I've always gained, like you said, so much more cooperating than I have competing. And guys, there are a lot of properties out there. And for those of us that are you know, really operating at a, at a high level, and for those of you listening to this podcast that are really operating you know, a, a good business, there's plenty to go around for us. And trust me, we all stand to gain much more by working together and by sharing resources than we do competing with each other. I found it to be 100% true. Absolutely, I agree. Um,
1: last one that we came up with was uh, insurance provider. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you need insurance.
0: You, do need insurance. you do need insurance. Absolutely. And somebody, again, there who works with investors is a great start. You right. know, so when I am looking for an insurance agent, like when I first moved uh, some of my operations to Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. And I told you um, on the other podcast, I told you I had a student that started flipping deals up there. And so I went up there and started seeing what he was doing. I started doing a lot of buy and hold there, too. Um, my agent that insured all my stuff in Florida couldn't do Michigan. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was starting from the beginning. So what did I do? I went and found two or three really successful real estate investors and said, hey, guys, you're here in this Michigan market that I'm in. Who do you use for insurance? I got three referrals. Mm -hmm. I interviewed all three of them. Boom. It was a it was a couple hour kind of deal. Now I have my insurance provider. Pretty easy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There's a theme here going on. There is. When you're building a team and you're building your business, it's. You know, find someone more successful than you and ask for a referral. Exactly. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. I love it. There's probably more team members that you could add, certainly in, in the smaller capacities, but but that's the foundation. Sure. That'll get you started. Um,
0: That'll keep you going as well. Um, better than getting you started. And those okay. first two that you mentioned is kind of the two the two primaries. Go for or, those first. Yeah. What, yeah. what were those again? The contractor. Yeah. And the property manager. Key. Key. Absolutely. And the, pro- sure. the good property manager actually fills in some of this other stuff for you. You know, some of these other roles, they can in some ways take on some of those other roles. So it does start there with those two and then you grow your team from there. But make no mistake, you need a team, guys. You You know Matt and I have both told you over and over again, lone wolf doesn't last long in this business. Right. Does not last long. So you need other team members. You need those other investors. You need the other trusted members of your team that will do all the things that you can't or don't want to do So that you can do the things that make you money. Right. Which is finding more great properties that you can buy, fix up, rent out, or buy already rented out and cash flow. For sure. You
1: know, one last closing comment on this. When you're looking at something like, say you are a contractor and say you are pretty good at it, still doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it. What you need to do is evaluate where you are most profitable in your business. And for the most part, it's, it's typically, um, sorting new leads and negotiating contracts is probably where you're going to make the most money for your time. And what, the one thing that I, a little practice I use before I delegate something is like a contractor. Okay. How much is that contractor per hour going to cost me? And it's, uh, maybe it's 19 bucks an hour. Maybe it's 29 bucks an hour. And if I choose to say I found someone for 29 bucks an hour and I chose to do that work because I wanted to save the $29 an hour, you, that means you are working for $29 an hour. Exactly. So, did you really save anything? You basically just lost money. You like basically. lost money yeah. by not doing it.
0: And you underpaid yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're, you're the heart and the brains of your operation. And, uh, you know, you're more valuable elsewhere. Absolutely. And typically in, in finding new deals and negotiating those contracts.
0: It's about knowing the highest and best use of your time. In fact, we should do a full show just on that mm-hmm. You know, at some point. It's, you know, how do you. Get the most out of your time, even okay. if you could do all this other stuff. So we'll, we'll do that at a later date for sure. Super. All righty. Well, uh,
1: that's it for today. Flipping houses can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. We'll be back next week. Until then, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. <gasps> Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast. It's simple. Up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com.